Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode here of Faith Uncensored. We are so happy today. It's a beautiful day here in Texas, and we have a very good friend here. His name is Alex Serrano, a.k.a. Alex the Beloved. And uh, I met him Friday, last Friday. I went to this um, event with Sean Foyt, Let Us Worship, which is, by the way, it's amazing. And uh, he gave me a word. And, uh, and so I invited him to be on the show today because I really, really feel that everybody needs to hear the message of the Beloved. Hello, Alex, and welcome to Faith Uncensored. How are you, Ellie the Beloved? <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm taking this last name too, uh, Ellie the Beloved. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's really good to be here with you and uh, just praising God for His continual revelation of His Word that changes lives. Mm. You know, when you've been saved since the age of 15 and you get a revelation in the last, you know, eight years of something so powerful... <laughs> It's amazing how how God is seeking us so mm. that we would know how much we're accepted. Mm. Oh, man, it's true. It's true. We're accepted by God. Just to give some information about you. So Alex is a pastor and he's leading this ministry called Cares New Life, right? That's correct. And he lives in the suburbs of Houston. And we're going to leave a, um, a link so you guys can, um, can look into him. He has other stuff online, so also on YouTube. And another thing that I want to just guys to remind you that Faith Uncensored podcast is also on Facebook, on Instagram. So if you want to know more about the episodes that are coming, just uh, plug into Facebook, Instagram, like our website, li like our pages and be connected. So after this, a little advertising. <laughs> <laughs> no, Back to good. you, Alex. So you share the message of the beloved. Yeah, there was a, um, a mor morning that I got up. And uh, I went ahead and I prayed like I usually do, ended in Jesus' name, and got up and went to leave from my prayer time. And I heard a voice, and it, and I turned around, and I looked, and I'm like, what is that? And it was the Lord. And he said, hey, did it ever occur to you that I wanted to talk to you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, Lord, I thought you would just like talk to me during the day, you know, in thoughts and stuff. He says, no, I, I want to talk to you now. He said, conversation is a two-way street. Oh, and I said, okay. Daisy. <laughs> so I sat down and got... And he told me, instructed me to get a piece of paper and a pen and sit and get ready to write. And so I did that. I sat down and I, he started to speak and I started to write. And, you know, I want to make you guys very aware that the devil is aware when God is having a moment with you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Satan told me as I was writing was, how do you know that's you and that's not, you know, that that's God? How do you know it's just not you and your own head voice with your own thoughts? And I, 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 I got this thing I developed where I go, God, you know, Satan's got a point. And I, <laughs> and I was like, God, Satan's got a point there. And he goes, he goes, of course, he said, Alex, this is one of the areas my kids struggle is in the area of uh, not knowing if it's me speaking to them. So then I had my Bible there. He said, open your Bible. The Lord instructed me. I did. He said, start reading. I started reading. And he says, do you hear my voice or do you hear that in your head voice as you're reading? And I said, no, I hear it in my head voice. And he said, uh, but are you the author of what you're reading? Mm. And I said, no. And he said, then you're not the author of what you're writing either. Go back to writing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of felt like I stuck my tongue out at the devil. Go, there you go. And oh. so um, as I'm writing, he said, Alex, you believe a lie mm. that Satan tried to sell to Jesus, tried to get Jesus to believe this lie. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And he said, when Jesus was baptized, he comes out of the water. And I say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm. And he asked me, how many miracles had Jesus done at that time? And I said, none. He goes, did you notice that I, he was my beloved and I was well pleased, not because of what he did, but because of who he was. Mm. And I went, wow, that's powerful, you know, and I'm like loving this. And so, and God if you want to follow in the Bible, by the way, we're, we're now have moved over to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And it says that, that the Holy Spirit, after 40 days and 40 nights of being hungry, mm -hmm. he was led now to be tempted. And uh, when the tempter comes, a temper, the tempter does something very strategic. You got to remember that, that the Bible tells us that we need to be, 
wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. Mm -hmm. And Satan is very wise in how he tempts. Most of his temptations are in the first person. So that's why we're confused. Is it us, Mm -hmm. you know, who are thinking those thoughts or is it the enemy who put those thoughts in our heads in the first person? Mm -hmm. It's a whole nother broadcast, so we won't go into that one. But here's what the Lord, what the Lord said to me. He says, look at how he tempts Jesus. And we know that the first temptation he gives to Jesus is, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Mm -hmm. So the father asked me, was there a word that he left out? And of course, I didn't know what word. Uh I said, Lord, I don't know. I thought that he was just trying to attack his identity. If you are the son of God, obviously he was the son of God. And the Lord told me he left out one word. Do you know what it is? And I was like, no. Mm. And then he said, he knows his word, huh? Yeah. And then he said he left out the word beloved. Mm. He said, Alex, if you were tempting him correctly, he would have said, if you be the beloved son of God, turn these stones into bread. And he said, why do you think that he left out the word beloved? And I said, I don't know. He goes, because he's also left that word out of your life. And mm. and the Lord said, you don't believe you're my beloved. And I want to tell you that the first thing I did was try to defend myself, right? I'm like, no, no, Lord, I know that you love me. I mean, you know, I'm thinking you said Christ to the cross for me. He goes, oh, I know that you know that I love you, but you don't believe that you're my beloved. And at that moment, I felt undressed. You know, I felt, wow, he caught me at a mm. vulnerable moment. Okay, I don't, I, I don't believe that you're I'm your beloved. What do I need to do to change that? Mm. You know, because I'm thinking I'm going to work at this. You know, what do I need to do? Yeah. (laughs) Well, the only thing I needed to do was accept truth. He said, what you need to do is change your name. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay. So I'm thinking, you know, Saul became Paul. You know, Abram became Abraham. Simon became Peter. I'm like, I'm ready to go over to the office, you know, (laughs) you know, official records and get my name changed. And he said, your new name is Alex the beloved. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just sat there for a moment and he told me, repeat it. And I said, I'm Alex the beloved. And he said, repeat it again. And I said, I'm Alex the beloved. And then he asked me a third time, say it again. But by this time, I'm not saying it like I said it the first. I am, I am Alex the beloved. And it felt so good because I knew mm. that the way that I seen myself had changed to the way that the Father sees me. Mm. I was no longer trying to achieve a status of the beloved. I am the beloved. Mm. Wow, that's that's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he he completely blew me away. Now, for me, that was the Mm. acme, you know, of this this revelation. And then he asked me a question. Um, He uh, asked me about the apostles that had died. And I remember the enemy Mm. wanting to confuse me just before the Lord asked me. And he said, well, Alex, he wasn't talking about you. It was Jesus who came out of the water. And I said, "Um, Jesus, the devil's got a point here. (laughs) 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 I always tell the Lord that, right? Uh, And the father was so kind. And he says, listen, son, read Jesus's response to the temptation. Mm. And when you read Jesus' response to the temptation, the response is this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word Mm. that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the Lord said, well, now that you're the beloved, you're going to put your name in there, in that text. Mm -hmm. And so now it was, Alex, the beloved, will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it was so good because, Uh. you know, the Bible tells us to always be ready with an answer. Now every time the Satan comes to attack me in any area, I'm like, look, you're dealing with the beloved. (laughs) You're you're just in trouble because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh. and it's such a, a, a truth when dad wants his children to identify themselves as his beloved, and he wants them to change their name. So your new name is what? Ellie the Beloved. Ellie the Beloved. <laughs> and see, now you know that. And the beauty is is that, um, you know, when I... Uh, in churches and I'm teaching this message, I'll put two chairs up front and I'll get anybody that looks uncomfortable to come and sit next to me, usually a man. <laughs> okay. And then it's so funny because, Ellie, the beloved, I begin to draw them into my chest because <laughs> John, the beloved, was always where? Mm, in Jesus. the bosom of Jesus, yes. right? So, yeah. and it's funny because at first you could see that look in their face, you're violating my personal space. Yes. <laughs> and they kind of like, what are you doing? And I'll pull a bit. And then after a while, I'm rubbing on, on, on their shoulders and hugging them and mm-hmm. kissing them. 
And I'll never forget at one church, this one guy, he just broke down. Oh. And he, he said to me, Pastor, I didn't know I belonged there. Uh-huh. And he's a worshiper. Anyway. And he says, I always worshiped him, almost trying to please him, mm. but not recognizing that as the beloved, that's where I belong. Yeah. Everything I longed for. You know, one of the things the enemy wants you to see yourself is always without. Christians always say, well, one day I'll be healed. One day I'll be mm-hmm. prosperous. They don't realize they already have these things. Yeah. And so um, as the beloved, you know you belong there. You know you belong in the bosom of Jesus. Mm-hmm. For me, I thought that was the acme, of again, of that revelation. And then the Lord said to me, Alex, how many of the apostles were killed? And so all of them except for one. Mm-hmm. Well, which one didn't get killed? John. John. <laughs> and he goes, not just John, John the Beloved. John the Beloved, yes. He goes, Alex, you know why they didn't mm. kill John? I said, why? He said, you can't kill love. You can never kill love. Uh-huh. And then he asked me that they try to kill him. Mm-hmm. Now, those of you who are Bible students know that that, that information is not in the Bible but Taturian, who was a scholar of that time, mm-hmm, wrote mm-hmm. about what they did to John. Him and one other one other scholar at that time, a scribe, wrote about it. And what they did was that they took some, they they heated up a huge container of of oil, so until the oil was boiling. My goodness. And then they threw John in that oil. John landed in that oil. Not just John, but John the Beloved. When he landed in that oil, he didn't begin to boil. Man. And they got frightened. John was like, what is this, a jacuzzi? This is, you know, John. <laughs> John. More anointing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, when they, they got so scared when they dragged them out of that oil, it says that that oil causes skin to glow. My. And so I agree with you. Wow. We, I don't know if, we, if the reason we still put oil on our skins today is from what <laughs> happened to John, but he, he was glowing. Wow. And it says that after he, he was glowing, again, they were so fearful, they realized we can't kill him. We need to get him out of here. It's too dangerous. Yeah. This man that can't die. Yeah. This man who is the beloved. Can't be killed. Can't be killed. So what do they do? They promote him and give him his own island. Patmos, the island yeah. of Patmos, a Greek <laughs> island. You know, mm. I don't know if he was up to having Greek salads or what, but it was a Greek mm. island. It yeah, was yeah, so yeah. cool. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what happens when you know you're the beloved. Mm. You can walk into an intimacy with the Father that those that aren't sure that they're the beloved that don't know that they belong in that secret chamber with the Father. Mm. They do not get to experience this, but John did because he knew he was the beloved. He was able to experience this intimacy with the Father. If you notice, then what comes out of that? Well, whether they're, you know, hugging on each other and just spending that time together, all of a sudden, God begins to show John a vision. You know, you can walk today in visions and dreams and revelations once you know you're the beloved. Yeah, because what happened since that was settled for John, now the father can build upon that truth. I don't know if you remember what I told you about understanding, but you get to put it under you and stand on it. Yes, yes, you told me. Say say that again. So understanding. Understanding, you put it under you and you stand on it. And Mm -hmm. so because he had the understanding that he was the beloved, now he can stand on that platform. The foundation is laid. Yes. Mm. And that foundation now allows for you to hear the intimate things of the Father. And Mm. if you read through the book of Revelations, it's the Father revealing the future. See, to some of God's children, the future is a question mark. Yes. Man, when you know you're the (laughs) beloved and he reveals it to you, yours becomes an exclamation mark, you know, because you realize... Exclamation mark, yes. Yeah, God took that question mark and he yanks it and now it becomes an exclamation mark, so... It's so beautiful to walk in that. And then the Lord, finally, I I asked him, I said, Lord, is there a story in the Bible where someone knew that they were the beloved and somebody didn't? And what were the differences? Mm. And the father says, yes. And so I am just so delighted in spending this intimacy with my dad. And he says, Alex, Jesus was on a boat Mm. and he was sleeping on a pillow. And I go, okay. He goes, do you know why Jesus was sleeping on the pillow? I said, no, Lord. And he showed me in Psalms 127.2, it says that he gives his beloved rest even in their sleep. Wow. So Jesus, the one that knew he was the beloved on the boat, was resting on the pillow. And the storm started raging. And the first thing that they came to Jesus they shook him and woke him up and they asked him a question that many of God's children are asking him today. They said, Lord, don't you care? Mm, Don't you care? (laughs) Don't you care that we perish? 
Some of us, we ask God, don't you care? And the Lord told me, Alex, when you don't know you're the beloved, you will run in these five things. You will run in despair, mm -hmm. depression, loneliness. You could be among a thousand people and you would feel lonely. Yeah. Anxiety and worry. So, you know, now when I speak to one of God's kids, you know, one of my brothers in Christ, and I see any of those five elements, I know that they don't know that they're the beloved. Mm. So they didn't know they were the beloved. So what happens? They wake Jesus up and he comes to see. Yeah. And he comes to win. And they're they're tripping. I mean, I could imagine then, I'm on that boat. I'd be like, who is this guy? <laughs> right? First of all, first they wake him up. And then they are like, uh, you know, put, put, put the storm back. We, uh, we were fine with that. This is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Even were. more. Yeah. They, they re yeah. It, it's so amazing because he did it for love. Mm -hmm. See, everything that Christ did was because he loves us. Mm -hmm. And he reaches to them and he says, you have little faith. Yeah. And, the, and dad asked me, he says, Alex, why do you think Jesus said that to them? Well, I was ready with this answer, you know. You, well, because, you got an answer for, yeah. Jesus, for God asking yeah. you. Good, good. Yeah, that's <laughs> why. <prepared. laughs> yeah, I was prepared. I go, well, because, you know, they didn't use their faith to stop the wind in the sea. And all of a sudden, uh, I knew that wasn't the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and so finally, instead of telling God, I decided to ask. And I said, Lord, why did he do it? He says, Alex, because they didn't join him on the pillow. Yeah. See, they should have been going, hey, Jesus, could you move over a little bit? You know, you kind of take it up too much of the pillow. They should have been resting. Because mm -hmm. when you know that you're the beloved, you can rest in the midst of a storm. Mm -hmm. And that brings such power. And so finally, he, he, uh, the last thing that he shared with me uh, was, Alex, you know where the word says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword? And I said, yes. He said, I want you to look that up in the Greek. And I did. Mm-hmm. And you know what I found out? Two-edged sword is not in there. Oh, the, what it records okay. in the Greek is twice-mouthed. Now, I'm teaching this to a friend of mine who's Greek. He goes, I know exactly what it says because I got my Greek Bible, and it says twice-mouthed. It does not twice say... Twice-mouthed. And so God said, listen, twice-mouthed means I mouthed it, but when you mouth it for yourself, you're the one that gives it action. So, mm -hmm. for example, salvation was always available to us through Christ. Mm-hmm. But when you receive Jesus Christ, that's when that salvation then became real to you. So you gave action to that by doing what? Mouthing it. We all know Romans uh -huh. chapter 10, verse, uh, verse 9. It says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with what? Your mouth. Your mouth, you shall be saved. Mm -hmm. So if you notice, it's, it's what we mouth hmm. is, what, is where the salvation is. Wow. The power of life and death is where? In the, in the tongue. tongue. That's what the word says. And so God says, when I called you my beloved, it's as if that sword swung one way. But when you called yourself my beloved, mm. that sword swung the other way. He goes, and what does the next part of that say? It says it separates your soul from your spirit. He goes, Alex, from now on, you could be fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, tell me that. I want Instead to know. of being guided mm -hmm. by your thoughts, you know, the enemy will attack you with thoughts, but it's that surety in your heart and what is written. Look at the way Jesus was tempted. Mm -hmm. Jesus was tempted with what? Thoughts. If you are the son of God, mm -hmm. throw Doubt. yourself yeah. from here. There were thoughts. How did Jesus answer those thoughts? With the word. word. You know why? Because the word of God is spirit and it's truth. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to acknowledge the word and speak the power of the word, again, people ask me, well, pastor, why don't I get the results you get when you pray for the sick or something? I said, well, I said, I just want you to answer one thing. It's not, I want you to understand one thing. And then I want you to answer it. I said, it's not truth by itself it's the truth that's been revealed to you mm. and then it's the truth that you practice you, you, you're actually you're mouthing it yeah you're mouthing it and so when you see i'll know what you believe by what you do mm. it's not by what you say you could say a thousand things what are you doing so you know if you believe you're the beloved how are you walking around with a smile on your face i'm mm -hmm. the beloved you know nothing can take that from me so now I can tell that you actually believe it because it comes out of you. If you believe in exercising, you put that in your week. Mm -hmm. If you believe in dieting well, you eat well. Mm -hmm. If you believe that, you know, in God, you pray, you read the word, you do them. You don't do those things to become something. You do those things because, because you, you are, are something. It's a reflection know? of who you are. Correct. Mm -hmm. So Christians tend to practice what they really believe. So that's why, you know, right now today I'm wearing a shirt that says, do you need prayer? Say, Say something. something. 
I'm at Costco. I'm coming out with my wife, and there's a couple with their young daughter. She's got her foot quite spraying. Have you seen those new apparatuses where they put their knee on them? They look like little go-karts, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 So the dad's pulling that out of the trunk, and I asked, looked over at the mother and said, can I pray for your daughter? And she said, absolutely. Yeah. She was like, please. She's a teenager. Do all the praying you want to do. I could just read it off her face. Anyway, so I reached down, and I just said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. And I just said, ankle, I command you to heal in Jesus' name. All pain go. And I said, check it. And she's looking at me like, really? That's it? And I said, could you, could you check it? So she checked it. And you know how these young people talk. It was so funny because she goes, I'm not going to lie. It's much better. <laughs> so then we, I said, well, listen, on a scale from zero to 10, where is it? She goes, well, it's down to like a three. I said, well, can we pray again? Mm. And I prayed again and just commanded the remaining pain. I command you to go. And uh, she checked it. She had no pain. The father wow. put that apparatus back in the, in the oh, car. Wow. And oh, they wow. walked in the Costco oh, wow. together. So where is my confidence? My mm. confidence is I'm the beloved, and I'm going to let everybody else know that I can, that he just wants to be your beloved. Mm. He just wants to look in your eyes, and he wants to make your fears, your anxiety, your depression disappear. Because, you know, a lot of people are working on getting rid of depression and getting rid of anxiety. Well, what the Bible says is perfect love oh, cast out all fear. See, what you need is a revelation of his of perfect love. love. Uh, yes. And then all of a sudden, yeah. everything else just melts away. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, usually I interact more <laughs> with our <laughs> guests, okay. but I'm just listening. I'm just uh, being blessed by what, you what are you sharing? And, um, you know, we pray for people all the time. You know, we pray for healing and we, it happens. Sometimes it happens that they receive healing and sometimes it doesn't happen, you know. And um, I have to be honest, it's m the most, what I see, that people are not receiving healing when we pray for them. So, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm praying, Father, what's the formula here? Is this the name of Jesus we have to say in Aramaic? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we I have to say that. it in another language. No, I, I don't say that. But, you know, we may wonder, what's the formula? What, what is that? We see people operating in supernatural things. But you are saying that we need to kind of rebuild our foundations, kind of not rebuild our foundations, but to receive the revelation of who we are and that we are the beloved. And after that, you know, that's all consequential. It happens, happens. Well, here's what happens. When I don't withhold anything from my wife who I've been married with for 31 years, she's my beloved, mm -hmm. you know. So she wants something, you know, I do whatever I can to get it. Because she's still my beloved after 31 years. As a matter of fact, I want to publicly say that I'm more in love with my wife today than I was the day that I met her. I got to say something about that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's much better today, our relationship, than it was when we started. Oh, my goodness. But yes, it gets better. It gets better. Yes, it really, it really does. And God does some mighty things. So when it comes to healing, uh, I've been asking the Lord many for many years to to help me to understand healing mm. um because i had received a disease one morning i woke up and one of my eyes was pointing straight and the other one was pointing up and if right like when that, i woke out of up the blue one out day of the blue and i'm thinking this is like this must be a dream i literally closed my eyes back and opened them up again and no they were pointing in two different directions so my wife drove me to the doctor and they looked and they said sir you did you have a cold? And I said, you know, I happen to have had a cold. She goes, this is usually activated by a virus. She said, but it's something called octomyasthenia gravis. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. first of all, that name is so long. What is that? And she said, it's a muscle weakness due to a malfunction of your body with white blood cells. So what happens is your body begins to build so many white blood cells that it starts to kill off your body. Mm. And uh, so little by little, my my entire body started shutting down. I would get up to walk and I'd fall. I couldn't stand straight because my muscles had lost so much strength that my knees would actually bend backward a little bit. My. The first time it happened, it freaked me out. Wow. And uh, I would talk with a slur and I finally, your eyelids close almost completely. Uh, they swell. And so it kept spreading and spreading. And now I remember spending time with God just beginning to read verses. 
You know how we're so spiritual that when we get a disease, we research the Bible? No, that's mm-hmm. not what I did. What I did, I started <laughs> researching myasthenia gravis, right? Because, of course, you know, we're so spiritual, right? <laughs> what is this? I need so to know better is than this, right? I need to understand it. God, if we would say that about scripture, what is it? And I need better to understand it, right? But no. Like I said, it's understanding, funny. you put it under, you could you could stand on it. So I researched myasthenia gravis pretty well. And it turns out that there is a gland that they can remove and it will help somewhat. Um, but when you've been sick for a long time and you've been praying for a long time, you begin to get angry with God. How long had you been? How um, long were you sick? It was, I want to say it was probably five years in when I was really angry with God. Mm. Because I felt what's broken, my faith or your ability to perform what you promised. Uh, you know, and so I is was... Is it me or is it you? <laughs> yeah, is it me or is it you? Or what do I have to do to get you to look at me mm-hmm. and, and heal me? And so um, I love the way that the Lord handled it because he's such a dad. And uh, one morning I um, I knew that it was down to my heart muscle. So what myasthenia gravis does, any moving muscle, it begins to attack it. Well, your heart at night is the only muscle really moving besides your lungs, and it will kill you during your sleep. And I said, Lord, if I die... And I see you face to face. You're not going to be able to tell me that I did not believe your word. Because I'm going to ask you, why didn't your word work? Yeah. <laughs> I got a question got, for you when I come up there. Because you got to remember, now my wife has to help me put on my clothes. I can't even zipper up my pants. I don't have the strength for that. Wow. That's what was happening. And it was really awesome. It was another time where, where I, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Alex, I cannot heal you. And I said, well, at least you're talking to me. <laughs> you have told me before. <laughs> He said, I cannot heal you. And what he couldn't heal me was with the way I was praying. And so he, there was an object. He said, pick it up and hold it. It was a phone. And I held it in my hand. And the Lord said, now, Alex, ask me for the phone. And I said, why? At this point, I'm so angry. I like you, you com- you're conversing with God. It's so, you know, yeah, so dynamic. <laughs> well, well, you know, we want God to be real with us, but yet we won't be real with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to come with him under the covering of our faith in him. When really deep down inside we're hurting and we're, yeah, you know, if we would just be real with him, you know, sometimes we want to discover the real Jesus, but we're not real with him with what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, that, you know, if you read the word, the Bible says, if you cry out, I will come and heal you. Well, that cry out is when you give up, you know, when everything you're doing doesn't work, give it up to God. Mm. And at that moment, that was my crying out to him and telling him, look, I'm done with this disease and I'm done with you not answering my prayers. And then when he asked me, he said, hold that. I held it. And he said, now ask me for it. And at that point, I'm so angry. I'm like, why am I going to ask you for this if I already have it in my hand? And then you know what he answers me? Exactly. Hmm. Girl, if I wasn't angry already, what does that mean? Exactly. (laughs) And he said, Alex, he said, you ask me for things that you already have. And see, I don't know about you, but at that moment, I see myself without the healing and with the sickness. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? He says, Alex, you were healed 2,000 years ago. Mm. You know, Christ received 39 stripes. All diseases can be traced down to 39 root cause diseases. Wow. That means he covered them all. So then I asked him, I said, well, how does this change how I pray? And he goes, great question. I love it. When he told me it was a great yeah, question. Yeah. He said, you stop telling me about the bigness of your disease and you start to tell the disease about the bigness of me. Mm, and good. I went, whoa. <laughs> <Need to> take, <laughs> take. <laughs> so uh. he basically told me, stop telling me about this disease, myasthenia gravis, and start telling myasthenia gravis about me. Mm. And, and all of a sudden he said to me, you never seen Jesus pray the way you pray, Alex. When did Jesus walk up to a sick person and look up in heaven and go, Father, heal my, you know, this man's shoulder or, you know, cure his leprosy. And Jesus said these words, and you need to believe them. I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. I'm so submitted to my father that unless the father tells me to do this, I don't do it. See, Jesus in his priestly robe, and his priestly presence would go before the Father and then come down here as a king and show God's kingdom. Hmm. This is how yeah. we're supposed to operate. So I said to him, okay, Lord, so now I'm going to speak to this disease. Instead of speaking to you, you about the disease, I'm going to speak to this disease about you. Because I was wondering, why am I still sick if I'm already healed? Hmm. And sister, it wasn't a rebuke, but it was pretty close. He goes, you have no business being sick. Wow, you have no business being sick. You're the healed. And so all of a sudden, 
I remember when I started to speak to my body, hey, body, you're healed. So myasthenia gravis, I command you to leave out of my body. I remember that moment just feeling more strength. I mean, my eyes were still separated, but I didn't care. I had my theology right. I was now praying according to the way that God told us to pray. So when God said to me, can I show you how sickness came in? Can I show you the examples? Mm. He goes, so you can follow the pattern. If I want to make a shirt like the one you're wearing, all I need is a pattern. And once I get the pattern, Mm -hmm. I can make thousands of those shirts. And God says, if you understand the pattern of healing, you'll see people be healed in greater numbers. Mm. I was in Mexico City one time. listen, listen. This is so powerful. I was in Mexico City one time, and I said, Lord, it said you healed them all. I said, for everyone that I pray for today, would you heal them all? And you know what he told me? Mm. Yes. Yes. And he did. <laughs> and those videos are on YouTube. You look up Pastor Alex around on YouTube, you'll see those videos of him healing people. So here's what he told me. I'm going to show you the pattern, Alex. The pattern is that sickness needs sin to stand on. Mm. You take sin out of the equation, and guess what? Sickness doesn't have a leg to stand on. And so he said to me, in the beginning, what happened? Adam and Eve sinned. They were separated from God. He goes, and after they sinned, sickness started coming in. He goes, what Christ did, though, was reversed. He goes, and I'm going to show it to you from the Old Testament and the New Testament. So he took me to Isaiah 53, our famous verse, right? Where it says that he took all of our iniquities on the cross, and by his stripes we are healed. And God said, do you see the pattern? He took away the iniquity first. Mm. And then by his stripes, mm. we are healed. And he says, now let me take you to Psalm 103. So he takes me to Psalm 103, and there, here the psalmist is talking to himself. And he says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Mm. And God made it a point to go, Alex, who was he talking to? He was trying to convince himself of this truth. And he was telling his soul realm, you need, you need to. to understand this. <laughs> and apparently he wasn't convinced because he repeats in verse two, yeah. <laughs> again, bless the Lord, all my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. And then he says, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquity mm. and then heals all of our diseases. Mm. He said, did you see the pattern, Alex? He first does what? forgive all the iniquity, and then what does he do? He heals all our diseases. Mm. And then he said to me, before the devil tells you that this is just an Old Testament truth, <laughs> I love that, because I don't know about you, sometimes I read something in the Old Testament, well, God doesn't well, operate yeah, that yeah, way yeah, anymore, yeah. right? You know, yeah, I hear that argument all the time. Yeah, yeah. He takes me to Mark chapter 2, and here we have the story of... Um, some guys that are tired of their buddy being sick. So four yeah. of them take them over to Jesus, but they can't get them in because of the crowd. So they come around and they make a hole in the roof. on the roof and they mm -hmm. let them that, their friend down. And Jesus looks at their faith. And what's the first thing that Jesus does? He follows the pattern. He says, your sins have been forgiven mm. you. So you're free from disease, Right. Mm. And what was amazing was that he knew that the Sadducees and the Pharisees were ah. questioning him. <laughs> and he says, so that you know that the Son of Man has the authority, the authority to forgive sins. See, mm. that's the question. Do you believe that God has the authority to forgive your sins? Mm. Are you living a life of shame because you're ashamed of your past? Or are you going to allow the authority of Christ to come in and wipe those sins away? Mm. And he told him, so you know I have this power and this authority. He says, what is it easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, <laughs> or, or you pick here? up your bed and walk. And you know what's amazing is that, that his sickness was a sickness of palsy. I mean, it was very apparent that mm -hmm, he was mm -hmm. sick. And he says, so you don't have that authority. Then he says, take up your bed and walk. And it says immediately. So before there is the miracle of palsy leaving this young man's body, and for him to be able to get up off that cot, roll it up. You see, four men walked there, five men walked home. <laughs> That's oh, wow. love, man. And God said, did you wow. see the pattern? And I go, I get it, Father, that because you remove sin, sickness has no right. See, now it's different when I'm saying, I'm begging God, take the sickness away from my sister, or when I'm walking up to my sister and going, hey, that sickness has no right to be in your body. Hmm. 
And so finally he says, I'll take you to the last verse. I'm going to walk you through, Alex. And it's 1 Peter 2.24. And, you know, for the sake of, of the audience, I'm going to go ahead and open sure. up my Bible and read that. Yeah. And I want to do that. Um, you know, I got a Bible here. It's falling apart. I can tell. Yeah. One pastor once told me, if your Bible's falling apart, your life probably isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I want to good. tell you that is very, very true. But let's go ahead and, and go to 1 Peter because I, I want to do something... And I want to do it uh, because, see, our words can come back void. God's words never will. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time trying to lead this young man to Christ, and it, it wasn't working, and I was frustrated with God. God, why isn't it working? He says, you haven't spoken one word out of my, my Bible. And he told me, Alex, your words will come back void, but mine won't. Mm-hmm. And the next time I, I talked to him, I go, wait a minute, I'm going to go get my Bible. I'm going to read you some verses. <laughs> and you know what? He ended up receiving Christ. So oh, wow. guys, understand something. Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Okay. So <laughs> sometimes we're looking for instruction or help or God speak to us. He's going, I left this manual behind called the Bible. So 1 Peter 2.24 is a very, very powerful verse. And I want to read this to you because um, I want you to understand what he was showing me. And this is where God finally breaks it down. And here's what he says. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. How did sin come into the world? Through a tree. A tree. Isn't it interesting that it exited the world? Through a tree. Through another tree. Mm-hmm. Who brought the sin into the world? The first Adam. Mm-hmm. Who took it out of the world? The last one. <laughs> the last Adam. And look at how he takes all these concepts in this one verse. And he touches them all. Mm. And he says, um, that we being dead to sin. Dead. Have you ever seen a dead person sinning? No. No. And God said, Alex, you don't understand this concept of being dead to sin. So I'll explain it to you in language you can understand. Mm -hmm. If someone paid off your mortgage, what are you not thinking about the next month on the first? (laughs) Your mortgage Mortgage, yeah. Right? You're not thinking about the mortgage payment Mm because the mortgage is gone. He goes, then why are you thinking about your sins when Christ took them away and you are dead to that debt? Mm. Why are you sin conscience when I went through the cross to make you righteous conscience? Mm. Sin conscience. So your consciousness should be about your righteousness, not about Mm -hmm. your sin, because that's been wiped away. Yeah. Look at how the next part of this verse says that. Uh, Um... It says, um, because that we are we are we're 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 dead to sin, it says should live to righteousness. Now that's a big word. A lot of people, mm-hmm. even people been in the word a long time, say, Alex, that word righteousness is so big. What does it really mean? Mm-hmm. Well, if I can break it down like this, it means it it's made you right with God, and now you have the rights of God. Hmm. Both of them. Because you're the beloved. Yeah. I mean, my wife could walk in, eat all the chocolate cake, you know. What do I care? She's my beloved, you know. She's got a right to do that. Mm-hmm. She's got a right to to do the things she can because she's my beloved. When you're God's beloved, you have God, you have right to God, but you also have the rights of God. Mm-hmm. So you can the then tell sickness, leave, and it has to go. See, I no longer bargain, Mm. you know. I used to pray and quote every verse in the Bible when I was praying for someone to get healed because I was hoping one of those verses would be the target verse that get God to move because I didn't understand the concept that he's already moved. Mm. We're already healed. So sickness has no right. And look at how else he breaks this down. He says, says, um, by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. It's past tense. The healing already happened. Mm. You have access to something that's already yours. So instead of you seeing yourself with the sickness and without the healing, why don't you see yourself with the healing and without the sickness? And why don't you start talking to those sicknesses right now and telling them, I don't care. Listen, when, by the time that I experienced God's full healing, years had gone by. My hope had already been done away with. The Bible says that the third hope makes the heart sick. My heart was already sick. Mm. But well, you know what wasn't? Was my faith in a God who made a promise that he has to keep. Yeah. And when I started talking to my body, I still remember I would wear a patch, and the kids at church would call me the pirate man. There comes the <laughs> pirate man. And I remember the day I picked up that patch to wipe off the sweat, because when it would get hot, my, eye, my eyelid under that would sweat. And I opened my eyes, and they were both pointing in the same direction. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it was such wow. a moment of ecstasy, you know, when you oh. realize. <laughs> so, guys, there's 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 this God who's telling you, I've already taken care of sickness. The mm. debt of sin has been paid in full. And the only thing I have for you now is for you to receive what already belongs to you. It already were yours. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be yours. It's not in a sweet by and by. So please stop seeing yourself with what God has already provided and start seeing yourself without poverty and sickness and sin because that's how he sees you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I um, I remember a few years ago, I was struggling with some specific sins and I was so um, frustrated and mad at God because Lord, now... What am I supposed to do? I'm just, I'm just carrying all this sin, you know, and I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to get rid of it. And I don't know. And crying and complaining with God about my sins. And now I feel, I feel dirty and I feel guilty and I feel unrighteous, you know. And as I'm complaining, I have a vision. God is in his office at the, at the desk and he looks at me. Your righteousness comes from me. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> it was even it was kind of mad. Stop complaining. Your righteousness comes from me. Your status of righteous person, righteous beloved daughter. It comes from, I invest, you, you are like that. Don't complain about sin. Because wow. for me, you know, it's nothing. Yes, I dealt hallelujah. with that once and for all. You know, you're dead to sin. Just embrace it. Go move on, you know. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, yeah. <laughs> I've been having some experiences with God that I see God at, at his desk writing. And I, you know, I see God at his desk. He has an, evidently he has an office in heaven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that the <laughs> Bible cute. doesn't talk about. So, uh, you know, we'll see when we get there. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> Well, we know he's a writer because the Bible that we have was inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's who is part of the Father. He's an inventor of writing. Yes, yes, He invented yes. that. I, I, I believe that he taught Adam and Eve how to write. I believe that too. Yeah. I yeah. believe that too, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's all sense. about communication, mm-hmm. and he wants to, he wants to be believed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you realize that he's... He's already done all he can do. You know, he's given us his nature, his spirit. He's done all that he can do for us. He's made us his beloved. And, you know, you realize that God is just yearning, yearning mm-hmm. for for relationship with his kids. He's yearning for it. Um, I don't know how much more time we have, but I are, are we still good? Yes, we're still good. <laughs> okay, then I do want to share one last thing. And it, it's that, you know, you could break God's original covenant. Because the original covenant was between God and you. Mm-hmm. And we would mess that up all the time. And the Bible tells us that that if anything that covenant was, it was a school teacher to show you, you can't make it without me. Mm-hmm. God knew you were never going to be able to keep up with the covenant. He just wanted to know if you knew you weren't going to be able to keep up with the covenant. And uh, apparently we didn't get it. Mm. We didn't get it because there is something, and this is going to be a little bit out there, but there is something God does not know. Oh, wow. Yeah, everybody told God knows everything. No, there's one thing God does not know. God does not know what it is to be influenced by sin. Because mm. God could not be tempted, nor does he tempt anyone, if you know your mm. word. That's exactly what it tells yeah. us. And it's interesting because it says that Christ was tempted at all points and yet without sin. So uh-huh. what is Jesus doing next to dad? Yeah. Did you tell them, him? Did you tell him how it is like? <laughs> yeah, but the, that's what Jesus is doing. He's he's mm-hmm. he is interceding on our behalf. He's going, Dad, I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like though, to yeah. be tempted and because I was tempted in every area. So even though, Dad, you don't know because you couldn't be tempted. But Jesus. Jesus said, Let me tell you about mm-hmm. it. And you know what was awesome? That God created a master plan out of that. And that master plan is in Hebrews chapter eight. Okay. Listen, guys, I love the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. And, uh, book of faith. And the reason I love the book of Hebrews is the book of Hebrews exposes the old covenant's shortcomings mm. and shows you the perfection of the new covenant. Mm. God was hoping that the old covenant would cause us to be convicted, but it caused us to do something else worse. It caused us to feel as if we were at fault. And then that fault 
brought shame. I'm ashamed of what I did or how I behaved. Mm. And so he tells us here, and this is so powerful. I just love this. Uh, when, when I discovered this was when I asked God, God, it says that you're the author of our faith. I said, when do you author us? You know, I ask him these crazy questions and he says, um, I'll show you where I author you. I said, okay. And so as you begin to read here in the Bible, you find out that there was a problem with the old covenant. And the problem with the old covenant was that it found fault with us. See, the old covenant was used to, was was supposed to be used to be a schoolmaster that we can't do it without God. What the old covenant did was it made us feel guilty. Mm. And then it made us feel shame. Mm. Isn't it interesting when Pontius Pilate washes his hands, he says, I find no fault in this mm-hmm. man. So what did God do? He provided a lamb that had no fault. Yeah. So it could carry our faults. Yeah. A perfect and, one. Yeah. And once it once he carried our faults, here's what happens. He says, for this is the covenant. And this is in verse 10 that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will, I will. See, in the old covenant, you had to. In the new covenant, it's what you said earlier about your relation, is God will. Mm-hmm. God's the one making you righteous. Uh-huh. Look at this. He says, I will put my laws into their minds. Who will? God. And I will write them on their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Mm-hmm. Why? You, you see, this was the per, the plan of God since the very beginning. Yes. When he called them out of Egypt yes. and invited them to come to the mountain, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you a nation of priests. I'm going to make you my precious, precious possession. Yes. I'm going to do this and that. You guys, you're going to be my people and I will be your God. This was the plan of God all along. It was. But we were too, Yeah. Well, what, what what we didn't understand, and by the way, what you're mm-hmm. speaking is this this verse is found in the Bible in Jeremiah 31, 31, the exact same mm. wording. So you're right. That was his intention along. But see, God did not understand how sin had caused us to take the fault and be full of shame. Mm. Yeah. See, when you're full of shame, you don't feel you belong. You can't approach. You can't you approach. You can't approach. How are you going to approach God with shame yeah. on your hands? Yeah. So look at what he did. After Christ died, he took the responsibility upon himself to write on your mind and heart. And when I asked the uh-huh. Lord, when are you doing that? He mm. said, when your head is right here in my bosom. See, when you know you're the beloved mm-hmm. and you come and you put your head in my bosom, mm. he said, and I'm stroking you. You know what I'm doing? I'm writing on your mind and I'm writing on your heart. Mm-hmm. And look at what he Beautiful. writes. This, this is, yeah, this is so amazing. Yeah. Look at what he writes. <laughs> He says, and they, verse 11, shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for all shall know me. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to what? Their unrighteousness Mm -hmm. and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. Why are we remembering something that not even the Father remembers anymore? Mm-hmm. And then this is where he told me, Alex, no longer approach me by the law. You now approach me by the relationship of grace through love. Mm-hmm. This is how you approach me. Wow. And see, sometimes we, we, you know, God wants to pay the meal. We still want to leave the tip. You know, we, we want to do something. <laughs> God, let us do let something. Let me help you, God. <laughs> God, there must be something I have to do. Yeah, just believe me. Just believe me. That's the only thing he requires. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I love how it ends. In, in that he says, a new covenant has made the first one old. Now that which decays and wax or grows old is ready to vanish or disappear. In other words, don't approach me yeah. through the old covenant. Approach me through this new covenant. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, That's beautiful. I mean, the way you unfold this, it was just beautiful, beautiful. I, I totally received this revelation. Yeah, I'm receiving it. You know, yes, you are. This the, is how the, the, we should receive revelation. You know, from spirit to spirit. You know, to our spirit. Amen. And and you know, I just feel led to really just pray for those that are listening to the mm-hmm. podcast today yes. who who really need this revelation that they're the beloved, mm-hmm. that they're not the sick seeking healing, that they don't got to be begging, Dad, Dad, please heal me. Mm-hmm. That all they have to do is, Dad, you already healed me. I'm going to speak to my body and command the sickness to get out Mm -hmm. and that they would begin to walk because, you know, 
it's a fairy tale until it becomes a reality. Mm. <laughs> you know, and now this reality can become the reality of every listener at this moment. So let's go ahead and pray. Yes. Father, I want to thank you that you've made us the beloved, that it doesn't matter how we feel, it's what you've done, that we have the right to change our name to the beloved. Hallelujah. And because we are your beloved, we have rights to everything at that table. You have fully forgiven, wiped away, and even forgotten every and any sin. So instead of feeling shame about the wrong we've done, we're going to feel the righteousness about the right that Jesus did at the cross. And we're going to receive that in our hearts and our minds. And Father, we just thank you right now that there's people listening who right now are realizing for the first time by mouthing it, you already mouthed salvation, you already mouthed healing. Now we are going to mouth it and we're going to give action to those words. And our agreement with what you have said about us is setting us free right now. I sense it in the spirit. There are people who are saying, I am his beloved, and I will live out of every word that came out of the mouth of God. And I am healed already. I am no longer sick, seeking healing, but I'm the healed, rejecting the sickness that this world brings. And Father, I pray for supernatural manifestations right now in the name of Jesus. And I receive it. I already see it being done. Amen and amen. 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 That, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today. And um, you guys are going to find the link of um, of your ministry that, again, is Cares New Life. Cares spells C-H-A-R-E-S. And uh, guys, if you really liked this, please shoot me an email. Host at faithandcensorpodcast.com. And write to us, you know, let us know what you think. And uh, Alex, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, beloved. It <laughs> is, this has been so awesome. And I just pray that everyone that's listening to this will experience the freedom of truth. Because the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Okay, guys. So you have a good day. See you next time. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>